Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to episode 87 of the Talking For Hours podcast. Ben Fadden, your host here. Uh, wasn't really planning on doing this episode uh, because we just had one yesterday, episode 86. Uh, mainly discussing Jake Peavy's uh, Hall of Fame case. I did that with Jacob, but today just me. Uh, But I wanted to do this because there was news, kind of Padres news that just came out uh, as I'm recording this on Friday morning, the January 7th. Uh, There was Padres news that just came out, which I'll get to. And then Jim Bowden, uh, former general manager of the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals, he came out with an article. Uh, this week, I believe Thursday, uh, about the top 25 remaining free agents that are going to be on the market uh, after the lockout is over. Uh, so I wanted to go over some of those names that he listed that uh, were under the category of Padres uh, fits, that players that fit the Padres that are in his top 25 list, and just kind of give you my thoughts on that. Um, so, uh, before, before I get into the Padres coaching news, I did want to say that I will be having, again, I'll have a major league baseball executive, former baseball executive, uh, who was involved in some pretty big trades and all that. <clears throat> He'll be on the podcast next week, uh, probably Monday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I'll have an a long form article coming out. Uh, regarding Eric Hosmer and Matt Olson and a possible trade. Uh, and I'll do a podcast episode on that too. So expect probably two another two episodes at least next week as well. 
just trying to keep, you know, talking baseball, keep talking Padres baseball with you guys, uh, even though this lockout's going on. Uh, so first, let's get to this coaching news. Uh, MLB trade rumors came out here uh, with an article this morning, um, really recently, that talked about the Padres expressed some interest. They had conversations with Carlos Beltran, the former Met manager, for like two weeks before he got fired because of the whole Astros cheating scandal and all that. Um, they had conversations with him about being on Bob Melvin's coaching staff. Uh, but according to New York Post, Kevin Ken Davidoff, uh, the talks never advanced to anything serious, uh, whether that was on the coaching staff, Bob Melvin's coaching staff, the actual staff, um, or kind of in a front office position, kind of like how Mark Loretta just got in uh, back with the Padres uh, in kind of a special assistant role. Uh, Beltron kind of served in that kind of type role with the Yankees uh, before he got the Mets job, before he obviously got fired, before he even managed a game. But I think that was really interesting uh, that the Padres had a conversation with Beltron, at least, ex you know, expressed some interest to see about his interest level in returning. Um, I don't want to say that I would have been a huge fan of the move, just considering that I know he's a great baseball mind and all that, but with Bob Melvin's new coaching staff, I'm not so quite sure that they, you know, they needed Carlos Beltran, right? I think they have, I know I don't want to jump the gun here, but it, it seems like they have a good enough, well-rounded staff with Bob Melvin experience, uh, with Ryan Christensen and Matt Williams, a former manager, um, with younger guys, Michael Bedard is the hitting coach, Masias at first base. Uh, it just seems like they have, a well-rounded coaching staff that they didn't, they don't need Carlos Beltran's expertise or knowledge when they already have some knowledge in the clubhouse as well, just player wise with Manny um, and some other veterans as well. So I don't think that was a necessity, but it's obviously interesting uh, just to mention here at the top. So I did want to talk about that. Uh, moving on to kind of the main reason that I'm doing this episode like I mentioned, Jim Bowden's uh, piece in the uh, athletic top 25 remaining free agents uh, available uh, remaining after the lockout. And Bowden, he uh, he does these pieces a lot um, and it's a former GM. So whenever a former GM writes something, it, I, I'm interested in it. I know some people might not be, uh, but I am. Some people, you know, just brush it off and you can, you know, he's not in, he's not in the building. So you take this for what it's worth, but he's a former GM. He's smarter than any of us, right? About baseball. He has the experience of going through off seasons and all that. So I think it's still interesting to talk about uh, a couple of players to start off with that were not listed as fits for, according to Bowden uh, fits for the Padres. Cause he, in his article, uh, there is a paywall behind it, but in his article, it's on the link, I, by the way, is posted on the Talking Fires Twitter account. You can see that uh, if you go on there. Um, his article, it lists the players, top 25, their stats, some description about them. And then at the bottom of each player, it'll say, you know, fits. So teams, it'll list multiple teams that this guy fits with. 
that fits for the player, fits for the team needs, uh, stuff like that. So two players that I thought were notable that were not fits for the Padres, uh, according to him, were Chris Bryant and Nelson Cruz. Chris Bryant, obviously, coming he would come over from the Giants. Uh, but I think that was – I don't agree, obviously, with Chris Bryant not being a fit for the Padres, especially considering there were reports before the lockout that they were interested in Chris Bryant. The Padres were interested in him. So for them, for – or Bryant to not be a fit, that doesn't make sense. You know, just considering that they need a power outfield bat, Chris Bryant has power and he can play the outfield. Boom, that's a fit. He can play, you know, versatility. You want to check that box? Check that box. He can play third. He could probably play short, to be quite honest. He could probably play first. Um, He could probably play any infield position. He's played center. He's played right. I'm sure he could play left. His versatility is a big plus. And if there's a DH, he can do that, too, you know, if you want to get him off of his feet. So to say he's not a fit, that doesn't really make quite sense, especially when, like, Nick Castellanos, which I'll get to, is also being rumored uh, as being somewhat of interest by the Padres. And Castellanos, you know, I think is probably going to get paid more than Bryant is. So it's not like money is the factor for the Padres uh, there. So. I disagree with Bowden's assessment there with Bryant not being a fit there. Bowden also, what I thought was interesting, he said the other fits for Chris Bryant, obviously not the Padres, like I mentioned, were the Phillies, Giants, Mariners, Rockies, and Cubs. Some of those teams that I I can agree with, right? The Phillies, you know, Alec Bohm, he's struggling his second year. Maybe they do need a third baseman or they need outfield help. Uh, I agree with that. The Giants, obviously, they used him last year. They acquired him. They obviously can still need him. The Mariners, Kyle Seager uh, retiring, need to fill a hole at third, maybe. Uh, their outfield, not really. That kind of should be set, you know, because they have a lot of young guys, including Taylor Trammell coming up, uh, who was acquired in that Austin Nola deal, along with Andres Munoz, who's probably getting healthy now. By the way, that would have been nice for the Potters to have this season, uh, Andres Munoz's arm. Uh, the Rockies don't make sense. I mean, they're not even probably interested in even bringing back Trevor Story, like, or excuse me, they are, but Story obviously won't want to go back there. I mean, because the Rockies are real rebuilding. They just traded one of the best players to ever put on a Rocky uniform to the Cardinals for not much. Uh, and they gave them, what, $50 million uh, to trade Arenado there. So they're rebuilding. That doesn't, I don't think Bryant would want to go there, especially a Boris client. Um, and then the Cubs, that doesn't really make sense either. Like, they just traded him to the Giants last trade deadline. So why would they bring him back? They already, you know, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that they're, they want to start contending and it's going to be a faster rebuild than most teams rebuilds because they brought in Stroman on a multi-year deal and all that, but they just traded him. Like if they wanted to keep him, you'd think they'd make a more realistic extension offer instead of trading him at the deadline like they did along with Kimbrel and Rizzo and Baez. Uh, so you, I think he bound should have substituted the Padres in one of those spots, uh, especially with the, you know, um, the Rockies or the Cubs. Um, so I don't really agree with Bowden there with Brian not being a fit for the Padres. Nelson Cruz is another one. I don't really agree there as well. Um, you know, the he and Bowden, I, I forget all the teams, but I believe the Brewers and Cardinals were listed as fits for Bowden uh, with Nelson Cruz. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. 
because if you're going to include National League teams, then the Padres, they need more power in their lineup. They already expressed some sort of interest, right, according to The Athletic last year, about um, Cruz joining the team. Like, they had Padres players talking with Cruz about maybe seeing his interest in the team and making him want to come uh, last before the deadline last year, before he was traded to Tampa from Minnesota. So there was interest. There's been interest there. And the Padres need power. And if there's a universal DH, you'd think Nelson Cruz at, you know, he's over 40. You'd think that he'd want to go to a World Series favorite, at least on paper. And I feel like that's if the Padres do get a power outfielder, let's say a Castellanos or a Brian or even a Jock Peterson, um, they look pretty good on paper, uh, especially if you add a Nelson Cruz in there. So I, I think that he'd want to come. I think that he wants to be on a contender, and the Padres are that. I think they're more of a contender than a team, let's say, like the Cardinals, at least on paper, uh, with the Cardinals obviously bringing in a new manager. Padres did too, but I think we're more confident, anyone's more confident in Bob Melvin than they are in, uh, who is it, like Oliver Marmol or whatever. Uh, and Skip Schumacher, I think, is a bench coach there. So good luck to Skip. But I think any pers- any uh, DH like Nelson – they, I think they'd rather be on the Padres than the Cardinals, but that's just me. Um, so I don't really agree with Bowden's assessments of Bryant and Cruz not being fits. Uh, but with that said, kind of moving on to the fits that he mentioned, uh, he had six guys listed as fits for the Padres uh, in his top 25 remaining free agents post-lockout article. Number one, you, as you could probably guess, is Nick Castellanos, age 29. Last year's 2021 war, 3.2. Uh, Bowden was quoted in the article saying that Castellanos' best fit would be playing left field for the Padres. Uh, but Bowden said that he's not sure that the Padres are willing to spend the necessary money to land him, given their building, their bulging payroll. Uh, and while obviously that's pretty obvious um, that the Padres, you know, the big barrier you think in bringing in Castellanos is maybe more competition, teams wanting to overpay for him because they're desperate or something, and the Padres maybe being unwilling to give him to overpay for Castellanos when there's other guys that like Jock Peterson or Eddie Rosario or Jorge Soler that might come cheaper at a one- or two-year deal. They don't want to you know, pigeonhole themselves, and obviously even if they did the Hosmer contract uh, with the long term there and not even certainty of being able to deal him, uh, it's going to be hard. They're, they just don't have a whole lot of flexibility there. Um, to add a bunch of money, like $30 million a year for a guy uh, like Castellanos. So I, I agree with Bowden's assessment that money's probably going to be the biggest factor in bringing in Castellanos. Other fits that Castellanos, uh, that Bowden said Castellanos could fit under, uh, the White Sox, Rockies, Marlins, and Rangers. I get it, those teams from the money standpoint with the Marlins. Uh, but Texas, I don't really agree with. I think Castellanos is more of a Padres fit than a Texas fit. Uh, Texas has already brought, spent a bunch of money. Uh, they've already brought in uh, Corey Seager on $325 million. That's a total overpay, in my opinion. They already brought in Marcus Semien, which I thought was a good deal. But they've spent a bunch of money already. So I don't see them spending another fortune on Castellanos. When, while that might make their lineup good, they have a long way to go, I think, pitching-wise. I think the Potters are already more of a complete team, obviously, than the Rangers. But those are other fits for Castellanos. Um, I think, yes, the Padres 
will be going hard after Castellanos or Bryant. If I were the Padres, I've said this before, I'd make a, I'd, my number one target would be Bryant over Castellanos, um, just his versatility. I don't think there's really that wide of a gap. I know last year there was between their offensive production. Uh, Bryant is a power bat. He's shown that. Uh, and I, I'm big on the versatility. I know that they have Profar and Kim, but those guys don't produce offensively like Bryant does. And Bryant's still good uh, defensively. You know, he's won an MVP, a rookie of the year. So he, his talent's obviously there. Um, that was the first guy. The second guy that Bowden list was uh, Saya Suzuki um, out of Japan. Age 27, he hit 319 last year in 2021. Suzuki, according to Bowden, could end up being the signing of the offseason. Uh, so Bowden is uh, big on Suzuki, obviously coming over from Japan. I, I can't say that I wouldn't, like, be against the signing of Suzuki, but I'd rather go with someone that's been in the major leagues, like Castellanos or O'Brien, obviously. Or to be honest, I'd rather go short-term uh, with a, you know, a Jock Peterson uh, a Jorge Soler, someone or Eddie Rosario, someone like that. I'd rather go short term than bring in Suzuki on a longer term deal. Uh, may, and maybe I think part of that is just short term, I guess, you know, recency bias or whatever, or just my recent experience, you know, with bringing over Hassan Kim. And he's kind of, he had difficulty, uh, you know, hitting the fastball, catching up with velocity while he was great defensively. And while Suzuki might be a better hitter than Kim is, uh, I don't know, just the flashback from last year, it's kind of like I wanna, I'd rather bring in got someone that's been in the major leagues last year. That's just my opinion on him. Other fits that Bowden said, uh, Texas, Seattle, and San Francisco. So Texas and Seattle keep getting mentioned. Teams that are willing to spend money. Texas, I'm just not so sure how much more money they're willing to spend. Uh, you know, You know, signing Sager. Signing Semin. Remember the last time when they all went all in money wise? I know it wasn't long term deals, but you know when they brought in Kluber and Kyle Gibson and Mike Miner, that didn't work out. So I just don't know how much more the Mariners are going to spend. So I'm not really on the Texas train in terms of them going out and getting more more guys, you know. Um, but Suzuki, I mean, if that if he translates over to the big leagues, yeah. I, he could be the signing of the offseason. He had 38 home runs, drove in 88 runs last year. His OPS was over 1,000, but that was in Japan against lesser competition. So that's the only reason I'd kind of be hesitant to do that. Um, the third Padre fit Bowden listed was Michael Conforto. I have said this recently on a pod, on one of the podcast episodes. I'm not really a big fan of Conforto coming to the Padres. He's more of a right fielder. That's where Myers plays. I know Myers could play left. And that's not even the main reason. I know Myers is only going to be here for one more year. But with Scott Boris being his agent, uh, Boris, I think, is probably overplaying Conforto's uh, demand interest on the market. Uh, He said, I think, at the GM meetings before the lockout that uh, many teams are going after Conforto and that Conforto is like the king of queens or whatever. The Mets, if the Mets who know them know him best, they don't even seem really interested in bringing back Conforto, that I don't even know how interested the Padres should be in bringing in Conforto. It just seems like a major, I just feel like they would be overpaying. And I, I just don't want to do that for Conforto, who had a really down year last year, 
And I know that he has a history of hitting 30 home runs like he did in 2018 and 2019, as Bowden said. But there's just something about it that, like, with the .8 war last year, like, I'd rather, I guess if it's a short-term deal, I'd be more open to it. But I'm not giving that guy four or five years. I'm, I, there's just something about it where being a Boris client and how that Hosmer thing worked out with Boris. Now, I know Boris is going to have some good players that the Padres are going to have to interact with them with to get, but uh, including Chris Bryant, I think. So you're going to have to talk with Boris and sign his clients, but there's just something about it where it's like a guy that, I don't know, it's just something like Hosmer, the overpay, Conforto, you know, it seems like he's Boris, and it's his job, but it seems like Boris is really overhyping Conforto and just really making it seem like there's more interest than there really is. Uh, so I'm just not really that in with Conforto, um, but he is listed as one of the top 25 remaining free agents on uh, post-lockout. So that's something to keep an eye on as another outfield option for the Padres, I guess. Um, Joe Kelly is a fourth option. It was the fourth guy that was under a fit for the Padres, according to Jim Bowden. Age 33. His 2021 war last year, 0.7. I would have been in on Kelly if this was before the Padres brought in Robert Suarez and Luis Garcia to combine, um, you know, with the depth up with the Lamets that they have. The Lamets, the Paddocks maybe as a bullpen piece or Weathers, guys like that. Pomerantz coming back. I know it's health-wise that's a question, but I'd be more into Kelly if that was before he – Preller already invested $14 million into two relievers already. So I don't think Kelly's really that big of a fit uh, just because I don't know how many, I don't know how much of a priority continuing to add bullpen arms. It will be for AJ Preller, Peter Seidler and the Padres front office when they've already done that. I think their focus needs to be in power outfield. They already, you know, added to the rotation a little bit with Nick Martinez out of Japan right before the lockout. I know that deal's not done, so you can, you can say, Ben, the deal's not done. I know, but, I mean, it was reported that it was four years, $20 million, but they just didn't get the paperwork done. So the deal's essentially done. Um, so I think that they just need to focus more on power outfield and getting the DH done if that comes into effect once the lockout's over and the CBA's agreed to, whenever that may be. Um, but So I would have been in on Kelly, uh, and I agree with his assessment, his Bowden's assessment of Kelly being a fit for the Padres if this was, you know, at the beginning of the offseason. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. Other fits, Kelly, uh, St. Louis, Boston, Texas, and Seattle. Again, Texas and Seattle keep getting mentioned as players, so maybe Bowden knows more than I do, but I just I just don't – maybe Seattle's more of an option. I just don't see Texas uh, spending as much now. They just spent a lot of money, and I just don't think they're that close they might just think that they're closer than they really are, so that might lead to them spending. But I, I would not, I, I just wouldn't bank on uh, Texas spending a bunch on pitchers. Just to be quite honest, I don't think that they're there. Uh, the fifth, which is a little intriguing, is Zach Grinky. But this kind of uh, that Bowden said for the Padres, this is intriguing to me because Grinky, uh, his numbers have declined, his fastball velocity. I saw it's the lowest of his career. That's what it was last year. Uh, he wasn't even, like, making consistent starts for the Astros last year. 
he was more of like a bullpen piece, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so I just I question his effectiveness, but kind of like John Lester, it would be like a one year low risk, high reward thing. I just don't see much interest in Zach Greinke on the market. I'm not a fan of Zach Greinke. I've had some personal interactions with him just as a fan. He's, he's kind of a jerk, but that's just me. Um, you know, if he helps the team win, I guess I'm in on him. But he had a 416 ERA last year. Um, again, his fastball velocity, lowest lowest of his career, wasn't even a one and a half win player last year. He's obviously, I mean, he's age 38. His numbers have declined. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. And the Padres, with a bunch of players, pitchers coming back, I know you you can have you can't have enough starters, but I'd rather go someone like a John Lester than someone like Zach Greinke, to be honest. Um, the Padres just have options. I mean, you could go down the line. Clevenger, Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, Paddock, Weathers, Lamette, Morahone. Uh, there's just option. There's That's eight guys right there. Nick Martinez is another guy that could start. Stammons can, has opened games in the past. That's 10 just right there. And we don't know about Ray Kerr. We don't know about uh, Mackenzie Gore's development. So that could go up to 11, 12 guy, options to at least open games. So I wouldn't, I'm not really in on Grinky. I know it would be a one-year deal, but again, I think the focus, if injuries happen and he's still unsigned, maybe he could go that route. But I don't think that's a, should be a top option for the Padres. I don't think they should be focused on starting pitching. Uh, and I think that they should just, at least what I'm going into spring training is all these injuries can't happen again, right? In two years in a row. I just don't see that happening. Um, so I wouldn't really, I'm not really that in on Zach Gernke. And then the sixth guy that Bowden named uh, was, is probably predictable the most. And that's Tommy Pham, obviously former Padre hit the free agent market. He said that he's willing to return. I think it would be on a one year, five to $7 million type deal, kind of be a bench player. Um, he did have a career best 155 games last year, 155. Sorry, I can barely talk right now. 155 games last year. He played career best for Tommy, uh, age 33. So he's not old. Uh, his war was 1.4. I just think that they need more power. I think he had 15 home runs last year. He does have power in his bat. Uh, I know he works his butt off. You know, I, I keep going back to it. Tingler saying last year at spring training that they wanted to keep playing him in games because when they didn't, he would just work all day in the cage and like overwork himself. So you know, he's, a, he stay, he's in the gym all the time. I know he likes to party, but he does work his butt off. So I know that he wants it. But I think in terms of power, uh, fielding, uh, defense, I think that the Potters could have better options. I think Tommy is a good bench option. Uh, and he stayed healthy last year. I think he's an option that could come in in games uh, if they, you know, somehow, if, you know, they they don't like a matchup with a lefty like Grisham or something, but I think Tommy is a good option that they'll sign right before spring training or something as a, on a one-year deal, prove it type deal. And then he goes elsewhere after 2022. So I think that is a fit obviously, but at more in a bench role, I think if he's the starting left fielder, I think that's, that's going to be a disappointment come opening day because that means that the Padres didn't really, I mean, not really. They didn't improve their outfield, at least offensive production-wise. Uh, and that's not including, obviously, you know, assuming 
Myers and Grisham and Pham all have better years. Okay, then they then they improved. But in terms of additions, uh, they didn't improve. So I'd be fam- I'd be open to Pham as a bench bat again. So I wasn't I wasn't in agreement with Bowden in kind of in summary here in his article about Nelson Cruz not being a fit and Chris Bryant not being a fit for the Padres. I think they are. Obviously, Cruz, if there's a universal DH. So I'd be, I'm in on both of those guys. Bryant would be my number one target once this lockout ends. If I was the GM of the Padres, um, I'd be in on Castellanos, obviously, just not as, I'd be more, I'm just more hesitant, hesitant on him than Bryant, uh, just because I just think that he's going to get overpaid. Um, I'm not really so in on Suzuki, not really in on Conforto, not really in on Kelly and Grinky because that's just not where their focus should be right now. Uh, but I am in on fam as a bench option. So that's my reaction to the athletic article. Again, Beltron, uh, there was interest, I guess, a little bit for the Padres on the coaching staff for a special assistant role in the front office. Uh, but nothing really went uh, was serious in those discussions. Uh, but that's the episode, episode 87, Talking Fires podcast. Again, at Talking Fires Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up with any questions you want answered. Uh, on the podcast. We'll get that done. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just look up Talking Friars for all of our content there. Uh, Again, next week should probably have about at least two episodes, an interview with a former baseball executive who is a president of a major league baseball club. So he'll have some insight there next week. Um, And then I'll have another podcast about a Hosmer Olsen uh, trade a little bit there. Uh, So that'll be midweek, probably next week. So Ben Fadden here, host of the Talking Fires podcast. Thank you so much for listening, watching. uh, And until next time, let's go Padres.